The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Content Business Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about everything we've learned over the past two and a half years running a monetizable content business. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that walks you through how you can create, publish, syndicate, monetize, and scale a business where content is the product. Joining me today is the man behind the scenes here at the MarTech Podcast, my head of content production, Mr. Todd Hines. And today, Todd and I are going to discuss finding and vetting guests for your content projects. Okay, here is the beginning of Content Business Week on the MarTech Podcast. Todd, welcome to Content Business Week. Thanks, Ben. Great to be with you. Excited to have you on the show. It's been a while since we talked. The last time we got together and did a podcast, it was the uh, outbreak of the coronavirus and we did Crisis Marketing Week how you feeling this time talking on the show as opposed to when the coronavirus just broke out? In some ways, that seems like so long ago, but in other ways, it just seems like, well, it just happened. It's just been a few short months. A lot's changed, but we've stuck to our plan and we're coming out of the other side here. So all in all, I think pretty well. The nice thing about operating in this content business that we are in is that when the coronavirus outbreak happened, the first reaction for us was to make sure that we had enough content. We were trying to protect the core product. And as it turns out, you can bank content. And, and that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about finding and vetting guests. Todd, you weren't really involved in the early, early days of the MarTech podcast. You were helping me run my consulting business. But I'm thinking back about when we started working together. I know I did the first 10 episodes or so by myself before you started getting involved. When did you start working on helping me produce content for the MarTech podcast? At what stage were we? I don't remember exactly how many episodes we were at that point, but I do remember that we were definitely the phase of still aggressively working on outreach. So finding guests to bring onto our show. That was well before the tipping point of being able to have guests organically come in to finding us. Yeah, I guess it's worth talking about the stage when we're first launching a content asset. So to set the stage for everyone, when I decided I was first going to start producing the MarTech podcast, 
It was meant to be a lead generation service for my consulting business. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you're probably well aware of this. And the idea was I was going to interview some of the most influential people that I knew in marketing with the hopes of being able to attract people that I didn't know. And that would be an introduction to them. And then hopefully I could build a business relationship and sign them on as consulting clients. So my first strategy was to A, produce a piece of content and try to see if I could do the entire episode by myself. So step one for me for creating content was actually going and trying to do it myself. I think that's an important phase of learning content production. And that goes with whatever medium you're working in, whether it is video, whether you're writing, whether you're doing podcast content production. My advice is at first to get scrappy and try to do it yourself. And that way, at least you understand some of the dynamics. Now, in the podcast game, that meant for me finding a microphone, getting some advice from people who were audio experts in terms of how I should set up my home studio. And truthfully, the setup was find a microphone, turn it on, don't do anything that would distort the audio, and talk in the microphone and then hand it to a professional editor to clean up. So what I did after recording my first interview, and I believe my first interview was with Greg Isaacs, who at the time was the head of product and marketing at something called the Ben Group. Ironically, my name being Ben, the company he was working for being called Ben as well. And it was a very sort of organic process for me to go through the interview. I had some questions planned out. I emailed him in advance some of the general topics. And then when we turned the mic on, it was really about him educating me on what his career was and what the Ben Group did. And I took that piece of audio and I dragged it into GarageBand, the home editing software on Macs, and I tried to edit it myself. And I got through, I don't know, 50 to 75% of editing the episode, taking out the oohs and ums and ahs, the cough, the sneezes, trying to get the language and the cadence right. And I was probably three or four hours in. And at that point, I said, you know what? I want to take this audio sample and I'm going to go find an editor on Upwork and see if they can expedite the process. Now, Todd, you've helped me find a couple of different editors for not only the MarTech podcast, but a couple of the other podcast experiments that we've run. Talk to me about the process for finding an editor. There are a lot of talented editors out there. I guess it starts with getting in a place where those talented editors are looking for gigs and then presenting our project. And then the approach we took was vetting several at a time and then getting those pieces of content. And essentially then based on the skill and the communication and the overall working relationship with that editor, choosing one and going from there. So finding where the talent is, presenting the project and then working with a couple and then choosing the one that feels right for the business. Yeah. To go into a little bit more detail, you know, for audio editing, we went to Upwork. Fortunately, we found the world's best editor, Panos, who's editing this podcast. Panos, we love you and thank you very much. And when we're looking for editors, what we'll do is we will say, hey, we have one paid project and we will say, we want you to edit 25 minutes of audio for one episode. And if you do a good job, we'll have reoccurring work for you. And we will hire three or four people to edit one episode. And what we're doing is we're not only looking for how well they're able to edit the episode, whether the 
copy and the content and the cadence or the end product comes out the way we want. We're looking at how responsive they are, how good of a communicator they are. And we're also having now that we have Panos in our fold and we trust that he's a world-class editor. What we're doing is we're taking the audio files that our editors give to us to vet. We're handing them to Panos to get his professional opinion because our virgin ears might not be able to distinguish some of the editing hacks that a new editor is trying. And so, you know, we're getting a professional opinion to vet them. Generally, what we've seen with audio editors, which is different if you're writing a blog or if you're producing videos, when you're in Upwork and you're looking for an editor, we've seen that the range is $15 to $25 for a professional editor. And some of the filters that I would put on are that they are an excellent English speaker. And generally, you know, we're talking four or five stars in the Upwork ratings. And we're also looking for how much work they've done and what their ratings are. And then at the end of the day, what we're looking for is how responsive they are, how interested they are in the project, and do they have the time and flexibility to take on an ongoing project. So those are all the things that we're doing when we're vetting an editor. Fortunately, when we started the MarTech podcast, we lucked into Panos, and he was the first editor we've found, and hopefully he'll be with us until the end of time. So once I found an editor, then the process for me turned into not just doing the entire process by myself. Now it was recording essentially my launch content. And so my advice to anybody who's creating any sort of content asset, you don't want to launch with just one piece of content created. The key to being successful in the content game is consistency and longevity. You want to be able to write about the same topic with authority, with a perspective over a long period of time. And that way people can understand what they're going to expect from you. So what I did was I created about 10 pieces of content before I actually launched the MarTech podcast. And we were launching one episode a week. And the pieces of content were about an hour. Now, Todd, our content format has changed pretty dramatically from the early days. And you were there as we started to divide the content. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me about what we saw when we decided to shorten our content and publish more frequently. One of the advantages, I guess there are a couple that come to mind. One is the digestibility to our audience. A 15 to 20 minute piece of content fits nicely into a commute, depending on where you live, maybe a quick workout. And it kind of fits into our attention span pretty well. And I think is the right size for people that are consuming this type of content. So as opposed to maybe a longer format, say a 45 minute, which I think some of our earlier podcasts were, uh, when we started to break it into two parts, we also found that that let us, I'll say you rather, you spend an hour recording an interview. If you break it into two parts, that can actually give you two days of the week worth of content. And to your point earlier about consistency, that can make the time that we spend in these conversations with expert marketers a little more efficient in the amount of content that we can then produce and then fill a consistent schedule. So the important point here is that you need to understand the medium that you're working in. And this is not just necessarily running a long-form content game. Our episodes are 15 to 25 minutes. Generally, we publish seven days a week. Five days a week, we have new content. And, and the reason why we do that is we're looking at the data when we were publishing hour-long pieces of content. And we saw that the drop-off at half an hour was pretty severe. No one was listening to the end of the episodes. So I cut them into two pieces. And then all of a sudden, we saw that people were listening to 65 to 75% of each episode. And so we tried to cut them again. When we got them down to 15 to 20-minute episodes, we noticed that not only when we record an hour-long interview can we get two or three pieces of content out of that interview, but we're also able to get something like 80 to 90% consumption rate. So people are really sticking around and listening to more of the content. I think that it depends what medium you're in. Look, if you're trying to build a Twitter following, you're not going to focus on long-form content. You're going to focus on, obviously, you're restricted to 280 characters, shorter-form content. But you're going to need to think about the mix of video and writing and GIFs and whatever it is that you're doing. If you're going to be a video producer and you're putting content on YouTube, in most cases, those are two to five minute videos that are educational. They're really quick. I don't think you're going to publish a feature film on YouTube. If you're a long form video creator, now you're working with a studio and trying to get your content into Netflix or some other channel. So it's important to understand the channel you're in and try to figure out how much people want to consume the content. Do they want it hourly, daily, weekly? And what's the length of content? And then you could break up the actual, for us, interviews or the passages you're writing or videos you're shooting into the appropriate format. So Todd, before we let everybody go today, let's talk a little bit about finding guests. I found the first 10 guests out of my personal network. They were close friends, business partners that I had already worked with, and they were doing me a favor. But at some point here, we moved beyond just people that I already knew, asking for them to be a guest on a podcast that didn't exist. And we started working with people that were net new to the property. Talk to me a little bit about our guest vetting process. So in the early days, we started with an email that was essentially a template that we would reuse and change some variables in just general outreach, basically explaining the purpose of our show and inviting that person to share some of their expertise and as a way for them to increase their reach and their message within the MarTech community, and also as a way just to give value back to this community. 
many of our guests, especially in the early days, saw this as a really great opportunity to speak on a show that was just gaining traction and really share some of their expert insights with our small-ish audience at that point. Yeah, I think there's the notion of working your way up to the high-profile guests. Some people already know lots of high-profile people in their network, and some people are working in a new industry and they're just trying to build relationships. And that is very, very possible when you're creating a content asset. And the idea here is that when you're reaching out to create a piece of content, you're creating it for someone. And generally, the gist and the outreach when we were doing outbound outreach was, Hi, my name's Ben. I am the host and producer of the MarTech podcast. My podcast tells the stories of marketers with real-world experience that use technology to improve their business. I think that you'd be a great fit as a guest covering this topic, and I'd love to produce a piece of content for you. Would you be interested in sitting down for a 60-minute digital interview or 30-minute digital interview, however long it's going to be? I'll record, edit, and send you the podcast content before it's published. Here's the link to the schedule. And the idea there is what I'm doing is positioning it as I'm giving you something of value. And over time, once we started to develop our audience, we added more information to that email, which was our audience reaches professional marketers. Here's how many downloads per month we get. Here's how many audience members. Here's how the show is rated. Here's where we are in the iTunes chart. You can add more credibility into that outreach. And eventually that outreach morphed into not necessarily our guest onboarding outreach, but our sponsorship outreach. So Todd, at some point here, we've been doing the podcast for two and a half years. We don't really do a ton of outbound outreach. Talk to everybody about what our process is like today. We've developed a system we call syndication score, and it's a way for us to assess the overall reach that a potential guest has within the MarTech community. And it's based on mostly their social media followers, namely LinkedIn and Twitter, and also the domain ranking of their website. So we have a way that we can essentially get a snapshot of if we bring a guest onto the show, how we would anticipate their reach would be to deliver that content that we create together to the larger community. So there's an interesting process, and this has evolved over time, where it used to be, hey, let's go find our guests. And then once we started to creep into the Apple Top 200, people started reaching out to us to be guests. Now, our content is interview-based. So we need participants, and that creates a medium for awareness, distribution, direct response results for marketers. Not every piece of content is going to be like that. Sometimes you're just producing your own content. And then, you know, if you're writing or if you're doing a video podcast where it's just you and educational videos, it's about volume and finding other distribution channels. Fortunately, with the format of the MarTech podcast, 90% of the time we have guests and they are reaching out to us or having their PR agents reach out. So what we've done is we've created a form on our website. So when anybody reaches out to us, we send them through the onboarding form and it asks them questions about what's the topics you want to talk about, what's your organization, who are you as a speaker, who's your PR agent. And then we include links for what's your LinkedIn handle, what's your Twitter handle, what's the domain that you would talk about this podcast on, and we throw in, are you interested in sponsorships at the end? 
And what we do with that is we're vetting the podcast first off for topics. We want to make sure that our content is going to be relevant. But since we have a backlog of potential speakers reaching out to us, we need to evaluate who is not only going to be a great speaker, but also who can potentially help us as a marketing channel because we want to reach as much of the MarTech community as possible. And so we created a little algorithm based on what social media channels have the biggest impact when we see someone sharing our content, what actually drives incremental downloads. And we put together our Instagram times five, LinkedIn times 10, Twitter divided by five. You know, we look at all the followers, we type in all the follower numbers, pop it into our score, multiply it by the domain rank, and we get this score that we're able to evaluate which guest has the biggest potential reach to us. Now, we don't always take the guest with the top reach and automatically invite them. If they're not relevant to the MarTech community, we're not going to have them on the show. And maybe somebody at the bottom of the list is going to talk about a really interesting topic. But my point here is that when you get to the point of thinking about who your guests are, we're not in a situation now where we're a one size fits all. Any guest just has to wait in line. What we're doing is we're prioritizing the people that have the most clout within our industry, because not only are they going to have something interesting to say, they're going to serve as a marketing vehicle and help us grow the show. Todd, anything you want to add about finding and vetting guests? Finding gets easier over time. And as we build credibility and we build influence, it's an organic process. Yeah, it's been gratifying. And one of the things now that we have our syndication score and we're a little smarter about who comes on to the podcast, we've also seen that the quality of guests seems to be not necessarily getting higher, but staying at a high bar. Our older guests are still great and very credible, but we consistently have speakers that not only have something that they want to talk about, they have a perspective, and that's why they're hiring a PR rep but they're coming to the show and they're ready to go, right? They've practiced and they're ready to talk. And so when you get to the point, if you're doing some sort of an interview series that people are reaching out, I know it might seem a little spammy. Hey, I want to be a guest on your podcast. You should take that as a compliment. Someone paid a professional PR representative to reach out to you to see if you can work together. And they must be serious about getting their message out there if that's the case. So that wraps up this episode of Content Business Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to Todd and My Conversation. If you'd like to hear more of our tips for running a content business, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss publishing and syndicating content. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.